Chapter Twenty Three of Fern's Hollow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fern's Hollow by Hesba Stretton. Chapter Twenty Three The Home Restored. Three months later in the year, when the new house at Fern's Hollow was quite finished, with its dairy and coal shed, and a stable put up at Mr. Lockwood's desire, a large party assembled within the walls. Martha had been diligently occupied all the week in a grand cleaning down, and Tim and Stephen had been equally busy in clearing away the litter left by the builders and in restoring the garden to some order. They had been obliged to contrive some temporary seats for their visitors, for the old furniture had not yet been brought up from the Cinder Hill cabin, and the only painful thoughts Martha had were the misgivings of its extreme scantiness in their house with six rooms. The pasture before the cottage was now securely enclosed, and the wild ponies neighed over the hedge in vain at the sight of the cool, clear pool where they had been used to quench their thirst and behind the house there was a plantation of tiny fir-trees bending to and fro in the wind which they were to resist as they grew larger every place was in perfect order and the front room which was almost grand enough for a parlour was beautifully decorated with flowers in honour of the expected guests who had sent word that they should visit fern's hollow that afternoon they could be seen far away from the window of the upper story which rising above the brow of the hill behind commanded a wide view of the mountain plains they were coming on horseback across the almost pathless uplands near miss anne with mr lockwood riding beside her and a little way behind them the lord of the manor and his young wife who was no other than miss lockwood herself they greeted stephen and martha with many smiles and words of congratulation and when they were seated in the decorated room with the door and window opened upon the beautiful landscape mr lockwood bade them come and sit down with them while tim helped the groom to put up the horses in the stable my boy said mr lockwood our business is finished at last mr thomas wiley will not try his right to ferns hollow by law but we have agreed to give him the fifteen pounds paid to your grandfather, and also to pay him all the actual cost of the work done here. Miss Anne and I have had a quarrel on the subject, but she consents that I shall pay that as a mark of my esteem for you and my old servant, your mother. Mr. Danesford intends to make a gift to you of the pasture and plantation which were an encroachment upon the manor and now i want you to take my advice into the bargain jackson wants to come here and offers a rent of twenty pounds a year for the place will you let him have it till you're old enough to manage it properly yourself stephen yes if you please sir replied stephen in some perplexity for he and martha had quite concluded that they should come and live there again themselves "'Jackson will make a tidy little farm of it for you,' continued Mr. Lockwood. "'My daughter proposes taking Martha into her service, "'and putting her into the way of learning dairy work, "'and many other things of which she is now ignorant. "'Are you willing, Martha?' 
oh yes sir said martha with a look of admiration at young mrs dainsford in this case stephen mr lockwood went on you will have a yearly income of twenty pounds and we would like to hear what you will do with it there's grandfather said stephen diffidently right my boy cried mr lockwood with a smile of satisfaction well miss anne thinks he would be very comfortable with mrs thompson and she would be glad of a little money with him but he cannot live much longer stephen he is very aged and the doctor thinks he will hardly get over the autumn so we had better settle what shall be done after grandfather is gone sir said stephen i think martha should have some good of grandmother's work if she is only a girl so hadn't the rent better be saved up for her till i'm old enough to come and manage the farm myself every face in the room glowed with approbation of stephen's suggestion and martha flushed crimson at the very thought of possessing so much money and visions of future greatness more than her grandmother had foreseen passed before her mind why martha will be quite an heiress said mr lockwood so she is provided for and grandfather and what do you intend to do with yourself stephen till you come back here i'm strong enough to go back to the pit replied stephen bravely though inwardly he shrank from it but how else could the rent of fern's hollow be laid by for martha now miss anne has raised the wages i should get eight shillings a week and more as i grow older i shall do for myself very nicely thank you sir and maybe i could lodge with grandfather at mrs thompson's no said miss anne in her gentle voice the sweetest voice in the world to stephen now that little nans was silent stephen is my dear friend and he must let me act the part of a friend towards him i wish to send him to live with a good man whom i know the manager of one of the great works at netley where he may learn everything that will be necessary to become my bailiff i shall want a true trustworthy agent to look after my interests here and in a few years stephen will be old enough to do this for me he shall attend a good school for a few hours daily to gain a fitting education and then what servant could i find more faithful more true and more loving than my dear friend stephen he can come back here then if he chooses and perhaps have martha for his housekeeper in their old home at fern's hollow oh miss anne cried stephen i cannot bear it may i really be your servant all my life and the boy's voice was lost in sobs come stephen said the lord of the manor i want you to show us some of your old haunts on the hills if miss anne had not formed a better plan i should have proposed making you my gamekeeper for jones had been telling me about the grouse last year by the way if i had thought it would be any pleasure to you i should have dismissed him from my service for his share in this business but i knew you would be for begging him in again so i only told him pretty strongly what a sneak i thought him they went out then across the uplands a sunny ramble to all stephen's favourite places and it happened that when they reached the solitary yew-tree near which snip was buried all the rest strolled on and left stephen and miss anne alone before them down at the foot of the mountains there stretched a wide plain many miles across 
beautiful with woods and streams and on the far horizon there hung a light cloud that was always to be seen there the index of those great works where stephen was to dwell for some years near to them they could discern in the clear atmosphere the spires and towers of the county town where black thompson who had tempted him on these hills was now imprisoned for many years and below though hidden from their sight was botfield and the cinder hill cabin a band of bilberry gatherers was coming down the hill with songs and shouts of laughter and the frightened flocks of sheep stood motionless on the hillocks ready to flee away in a moment at their approach both miss anne and stephen felt a crowd of thoughts sorrowful and happy come thronging to their minds stephen said miss anne solemnly our lord says when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you say we are unprofitable servants we have done that which was our duty to do yes miss anne said stephen looking up inquiringly into his teacher's face my dear boy she continued are you taking care to say to yourself i am an unprofitable servant i have not done all those things which are commanded me he said simply and earnestly i've done nothing of myself yet it's you that have taught me miss anne and god has helped me to learn i'm afeard partly of going away to netley but if you're not there to keep me right god is everywhere stephen miss anne said you have forgiven all your enemies tim who is now your friend and the gamekeeper black thompson and my poor uncle when you are saying the lord's prayer do you feel as if you should be satisfied for our father to forgive you your trespasses in the same measure and in the same manner as you have forgiven their trespasses against you oh no cried stephen in a tone of some alarm tell me why not it was a rather hard thing for me he said it was very hard at first and i had to be persuaded to it and every now and then i felt as if i'd take the forgiveness back i shouldn't like to feel as if our father found it a hard thing or repented of it afterwards no answered miss anne he is a god ready to pardon and when he has bestowed forgiveness his gifts and calling are without repentance but there is something more stephen do you not seem in your own mind to know them and remember them most by their unkindness and sins towards you when you think of black thompson is it not more as one who has been your enemy than one whom you love without any remembrance of his faults and you recollect my uncle as him who drove you away from your own home and was the cause of little nan's death their offences are forgiven fully but not forgotten can i forget murmured stephen no she replied but do you not see that we clothe our enemies with their faults against us should our father do so should we stand before him bearing in his sight all our sins would that forgiveness content us stephen oh no he cried again tell me miss anne what will he do for me besides forgiving me look stephen she replied pointing to the distant sky where the sun was going down amid purple clouds 
and bidding him to turn to the gray horizon where the sun had risen in the morning listen as far as the east is from the west so far hath he removed our transgressions from us and again he will turn again he will have compassion upon us he will subdue our iniquities and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea and again for i will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will i remember no more this is the forgiveness of our father stephen oh how different to mine cried stephen hiding his face in his hands yet said miss anne you may claim the promise made to us by our lord if ye forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you in a far richer measure with infinite long-suffering and a multitude of tender mercies lord forgive me for jesus christ's sake murmured stephen but the dusk was gathering and the others were returning to them under the old yew tree for there was the long ride over the hill to danesford and the time for parting was come the day was done and on the morrow new work must be entered upon the path of the commandments had yet to be trodden step by step through temptation and conflict and weakness and weariness until the end was reached stephen felt something of this as he walked home for the last time to the cinder hill cabin and taking down the old bible covered with green bays read aloud to his grandfather and martha the chapter his father had taught him on his deathbed bending his head in deep and humble prayer after he had read the last verse be ye therefore perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect end of chapter 23 and end of ferns hollow by hesba stretton